Father in heaven, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for your amazing grace and the fact that you're a God who um, is in our story. And you're, you're a faithful God, as we're going to hear about today in the message. You're a God who's in every twist and turn in our life. And you are a sovereign God, and you have everything under your control. We just even think about the fact that uh, we're saved by your son's finished work on our behalf, his death, burial, and resurrection, and by faith and trust in, in that completed work, we get to spend eternity with you. And what a, what a great promise that is, Lord. We're just so thankful for that. We're thankful for each and every where this morning where your word is faithfully being preached, even think about the quartzite folks and just pray for them as they're, they're down there. And I know they do a, a little Bible studies and get-togethers and, and uh, just pray that you might encourage them, uh, even the other churches that we fellowship with and, and wherever your word is faithfully being preached this morning. We're just so thankful for that. Thankful that you are building your church. And uh, we're just so thankful for um, each and every person who's here this morning, even those that, who couldn't make it for whatever the reason, Lord, whether it's health, whether it's weather, whether it's even if um, maybe attitudes aren't the greatest, we pray that you would work on their hearts and even just pray for each and every one of us here that we might just uh, have our hearts open, that the Holy Spirit would direct um, our thinking, that the Holy Spirit would direct my words this morning now, Lord, and, and that you would just allow me to um, just convey... Um, just some of the, the greatness of your attributes, especially when you think of your faithfulness. We're just so thankful for that. We're thankful for the ministries that we're involved, when, involved with in this church. Think of the Sunday school ministry ongoing right now, even uh, all the teachers who are, are putting in the time for that and all the helpers there. Even think about um, not too early to be praying for VBS and camps and, and just you know working out all those details. And we're so thankful to uh, have those opportunities in our church to be a part of them and, and all the people that come together to make it work now. We're just so thankful that, that we have these opportunities to just uplift you and, and glorify you and all that we, um, all that, you know, every path that we're taking down, we just pray that we would just I'll be looking to you in, in that mindset. We just thank you for all these things. I pray for this morning's message. Now in your name we pray, amen. All right, well, um, as you can see on the screen here, my message, I, you know, I've been walking through different attributes of God when I get up in your, here and speak, and it's been a while, a, a few months. And uh, so I'm going to talk about the faithfulness of God. And, and the title of the lesson this morning is, is the fact that God is always faithful. And, and we, uh, we can take that to the bank, as it were. He's, always, he's never going to um, um, give us any, uh, any, any um, you know, anything that we can't handle. And uh, he's a faithful God. So as a means of doing that, I, I, just, I always like to just kind of walk into these messages kind of just maybe with a quick review looking at some of the other attributes that, that I've recently done. And one was God's goodness. We saw that even, I think, in one of the songs uh, that we sang this morning. We, we saw some truths about God's goodness. It's, you know, and, and again, a lot of these truths that I pick out for each one of these attributes are, can go across to each other attribute as well too, but I try to use uh, different uh, things or, or different verses to, to maybe bring that out. But we saw that uh, God was a, a good God. His, his goodness was universal. Um, we saw some of the other attributes then. We looked at his mercy here is the next one. 
We saw that his mercy is full. He's, 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 rich, in, we, he's rich in mercy. His mercies are new every morning. Um, and then we saw, last time I spoke, we saw his wisdom. The fact that his wisdom, he's the only wise God. His wisdom is unique. And the fact that um, his wisdom is available to us by the means of the, the Holy Spirit indwelling us. We can't have perfect wisdom, of course, but when we're resting and relying on the Holy Spirit to lead and direct us, um, we're operating in his plan. And we see that God's wisdom and the human's wisdom don't mix. So that walks us into the fact that God is faithful. And that's what I want to look at today, the faithfulness of God. And if you think about the, the understanding of what faithfulness is, uh, if you think about, as I was thinking about, like, what, just even from a human perspective, um, what, what's our understanding of faithfulness, or, or how about when we speak of um, maybe a family member, we, we say that, um, you know, blood is blood, right? We have family members that are faithful, that, are, that they're true to us, they are, they'll support you, they'll stick with you uh, through thick and thin. Uh, you have a, maybe a friend. I know my wife has a, a lifelong friend that she grew up with. And, um, you know, through the fact that, you know, she doesn't get to spend a lot of time with her anymore because, you know, some, somebody moved her halfway across the country to another state or whatever. I don't know who that person would be, but she doesn't get to spend a lot of time with her friend Claudia. But she's, it's like a faithful friend. You know, they, Claudia is, has a family and, and still lives in Colorado, and, and, and she, you know, you know, has kids and grandkids, and, and, you know, we moved here and we have kids. And, you know, but anytime she talks to her, not very often anymore, but it's like, you know, you, you just I listen to Becky talk about it, and she just has a, she's a a faithful friend who's always there, never, never changing, always supporting her. And, um, you know, we even think about, um, uh, you know, this definitely those of you who know me doesn't apply to me, but you think about a, a dog being a faithful companion. Now I'm probably the least uh, qualified person to talk about a dog being a faithful companion because I don't particularly enjoy dogs. So I know that's going to make some of you people, you know, cast your, um, a, a, a leer toward me. I can look out there and see a couple people that probably aren't happy that I just said that. But, <laughs> but you know, dogs are dogs. Are dogs. I always had dogs growing up, and uh, they were just never a part of my family. They were just a dog that ran around, you know. But, you know, but anyhow, I'm a dog owner because I have kids and you know, whatever. But uh, I wish I wasn't a dog owner. But... That's all right. I'm, I'm digging a deeper hole for myself here. So, so but if, for some people, a dog is a faithful companion. <laughs> Not necessarily for me, but um, what about something else? What about, um, what about going to that coffee shop and having that... Uh, uh, I don't, I'm not a coffee drinker, but the double mocha latte, soy latte, every, every morning you have that faith, you faithfully get that drink. You, you, you go to the, the grocery store and there's always that cashier that always gives you a smile when, uh, you know, it, it's just like you can always count on that cashier or the, or the bank or whatever the case might be. We were driving up to uh, Ely last Saturday for a eighth grade girls basketball tournament and, uh, we were driving on Highway 21 between Babbitt and Ely, and I see this guy walking, and uh, we're, we're about a half mile away, and I see this guy walking. So I say to Becky, I was like, oh, this guy's going to, he's going to blindly wave to us when we drive by. And sure enough, he did. And she's like, how did you know that? And I said, well, 
I have projects up in Ely, so in the summer I drive up, and this guy faithfully walks every day, and he blindly waves to every, I mean, just, it puts a smile on your face. I mean, every time I see the guy, like, I'll honk the horn as I go by. I mean, just, I mean, just puts a smile on your face. So, you know, this guy, he walks every day, and he faithfully waves to every car that comes by. I mean, it's just, it's hilarious. But, so, but from a human perspective, are these things, are these things always faithful? Do they always come through? Well, we, we know that's not the case, right? We have family members that betray us, right? We have friends that, faithful friends from the beginning that all of a sudden something might happen and that uh, goes awry and even these precious four-legged animals will betray you at some point, I'm guessing. Maybe not, but um, the coffee shop might be closed because the, the power's out. Um, you know, that, uh, that guy that's walking on Highway 21, you know, maybe is sick for a week and is not out walking. So it, it doesn't happen every day. It's not, it's not faithful. And what, so what happens? What causes things to become unfaithful? Um, well, first and foremost, if you were here last Sunday and you heard Pastor talk about his lesson in, in 3 John about diatrophies or diatrophies had a me-first or self-preservation type mentality, and that's ultimately what happens from a human perspective, is we, um, we let people down because of our own pre, you know, self-preservation or the idea that um, I, you know, I, I'm not going to stick up for that person because they wronged me or, or whatever the case might be. Um, so th- this idea that some other reasons that might include that things you're not faithful in something is maybe there's doubt or maybe there's fear or maybe there's weakness or a lack of interest a lack of interest in something or or maybe some sort of strong external influence will will, or will change your mind or or cause you to to be unfaithful in something so um, the reality is we need to when we talk about god's faithfulness we need to remember that none of these things impact god and who god is um they don't impact him in any way. And God does not have the capacity to be unfaithful. And that's what we have to remember here. He is a promise-keeping, he's an immutable God that never changes or wavers as, as we look forward here. So the idea that God is always faithful, I grabbed this quote from Joseph Rainsford. Now, I don't know who Joseph Rainsford is. I just thought it was a really good quote. I believe he was a, a, a preacher, um, an English or Scottish preacher, something along those lines. But the quote is, Our faith ebbs and flows, but God's faithfulness, like a great rock, stands unmoved and immovable. So I just thought that was a good way to kind of start thinking about the lesson today and thinking about God's faithfulness. So our faithfulness is always turned by every wind of doctrine or, or whatever uh, might come across us from a standpoint of thinking, oh, but, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I can't completely trust in that. But, but God's faithfulness is unmoved and immovable. So I, th- I thought that was a good way to, to kind of walk into our lesson today. Um, so faithful, we define faithful. How, how do we define faithful? Well, there's a few definitions here. And the first one is being true to one's word or promises or vows. The idea of being true to one's word. Another one is steady in allegiance or affection, loyal or constant. A third definition is reliable, trustworthy, or believing. And a fourth one that I have on here is strict or thorough in the performance of a duty. So the idea of being 
faithful. And, and the idea of faithfulness, I mean, I have some definitions for faithfulness as well, but I, I will just kind of start with faithful here. Um, you take a look at that. So we, we look at the word faithful, and I kept thinking of different uh, synonyms for the word faithful. And I kind of threw a few of them there. You look at the idea of being true, being trustworthy, resolute, reliable, unwavering, dependable, steadfast. You know, all these different words make up or explain what being faithful is. And we can think about God and God's faithfulness and all these words really make sense, right? They make sense about God. Now, you can say, as, as, as you look at this and, and these different attrib- or this attribute of being faithful, that why is God faithful? Why is God faithful to us? Well, um, the first reason is it's in his very nature. So the idea of God being a faithful God, it's in his very nature. All his attributes weave together to make this so. And, and the idea that he's true, uh, again, his attribute of veracity, he's unchangeable. Uh, one of the definitions of, of, of faithful, he's, he's uh, unchangeable, and, and that's immutability. Um, his faithfulness is tied to his other attributes. And you can turn here if you want, but I put it up here in Psalm 40, verse 10 and 11. Um, it says here, now this is in the King James Version. It says, I have not hidden, New King James, I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. We think of his attribute of righteousness. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. So in the NIV and the NLT, um, it it says that loving kindness and truth says steadfast love and faithfulness. So we see here that the idea of God's faithfulness is tied in with his other attributes here. We see that in Psalm 40, verse 10. It, turn, turn your Bibles to Psalm 25. Psalm 25. It's always good to turn and open up our Bibles once in a while. I know with the PowerPoints, it's so easy to put the verses up here, but it's always good to, to at least get some page turning in here. Psalm 25, verse 10. And again, another, and I, again, I'm reading from the New King James here. It says, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. And again, to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. The NLT or the NIV says faithfulness there instead of truth. So, so that's what we see here. Um, there, there's another passage in, in uh, Psalm 57.3 as well too, um, but we don't have to turn there. Um, immutability. We think about God's immutability. The fact that in Numbers 23.19, um, it says, God is not man, that he, should not, that he should lie, or a son of man, that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? So God doesn't change his mind. He's faithful because the word of God says he is. He's an immutable God. He's an unchanging God. In this verse here uh, that Dave Sandstrom clued me on to is Psalm 85, 10 and 11. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down 
from heaven. So we have this idea that we believe the word of God is true, right? Um, all scripture in, is given by the inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Um, so if we believe the word of God is true and the word of God said God is always faithful, um, it stands to reason that, uh, um, that that's 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 what I that's where I'm that's what, that's the ticket that's the ticket I'm punching or that's that's what I'm going with. Um, in uh, just kind of an example here, the example of Sarah in the Bible. If you want to turn in your Bibles to, uh, why don't you turn to Genesis chapter eighteen? Genesis chapter eighteen. So we think of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And in, in, in Hebrews 11, 11, but go, go to Genesis 18. I have Hebrews 11, 11 up here on the screen. It says, and by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was able to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. So Sarah considered God faithful. She was mentioned, we call Hebrews 11, we sometimes call that the Hall of Fame of Faith, all, all different uh, heroes of the faith, so to speak, are, are, are mentioned in Hebrews 11. Now, it doesn't mean that those uh, heroes of the faith didn't have uh, times of doubt or didn't have times of, of sin. Uh, they, they, had, uh, they were sinners just like you and I. Um, but the, Sarah was mentioned in, in this chapter, in Hebrews chapter 11 here. She considered him faithful who had made the promise. And in Genesis 18, Verse 1, uh, let's, we don't have to read verse 1. Let's skip down to uh, verse 10. Genesis eighteen ten, And it says, and he said, uh, now this is uh, the, the Lord and, and angels had appeared before Abraham. Um, and, and it said, and he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. And now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. So if you think about Sarah's perspective when she's told this, or, or when Abraham is told this by the Lord, um, her perspective was uh, one of unbelief. And one of, to the point of verse 12, therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I've grown old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also. Her point was, we can't have kids anymore. This is impossible. We're too old. Um, verse thir- 13 says, And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Verse 14, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you and according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. So God was faithful, and she considered God faithful who had made the promise. If you skip ahead, and we don't have to turn there, but I I put the passage down in Genesis 21. That's a few pages to the right. We might as well turn there. Genesis 21, um, verse 1, um, we see Isaac is born. So we have God. um, He's faithful. He delivers on his promise, right? Um, He's a promise-keeping God. Genesis 21, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Um, 
the spoken word of God, right? You think about, I, every time I think of this or whatever, the, the idea of God said it, I always go back to Genesis chapter 1 and uh, the, the many times I've taught Genesis 1 and creation at camp. And I love um, several times through all of chapter 1 when he, he and, and when it's spoken of the days of creation and God said it, it was so, and it was very good. And I just love that. God says it, it's so. I mean, you can just, you can, you can set your watch by it, right? God said it, it was so, and it was very good. And, and God spoke it, he said it, he said, and she considered him faithful who had made that promise. So if you think about that from, from our perspective, um, what's the application to us here? Well, the application to us is we serve a promise-keeping God who is faithful in all things. Now, do you consider him faithful? Do you believe him to be faithful in all things? Well, if not, why? Well, if I guess the biggest reason that I could think of why I don't or why I doubt is we come back to these um, synonyms for faithfulness or being faithful and what, uh, what ultimately ends up happening? What do we, from a human perspective, if somebody is, looks at being faithful, um, we think about what's more common from our perspective? To be undependable, to be wavering, to, instead of being resolute, we maybe are wishy-washy, right? Instead of being trustworthy, we might be a liar um, or, or operating within the, the context of having trustworthy friends. They may have lied to us or, or, or shown the, their true colors. Um, we, someone, you know, being faithful, what, what's, what's more common for us to see somebody who's fake or or instead of being true being a false witness so so that's the idea that's the framework that we are operating in um on the earth right from a human perspective that's what we see that's exactly what we see from a human perspective um ultimately we shouldn't be looking around. We shouldn't be looking horizontal. We should be looking vertical. We should cast our gaze on God and know that God is faithful. Um, and he's faithful, and that's, he's faithful because it's in his very nature. It's in his character. It's who God is. So how is he faithful? We've seen why is he faithful, but how is he faithful? What is the extent of his, is his faithfulness? Well, again, we can look in the fact that he is abounding in faithfulness. So he's abounding in faithfulness. In Exodus chapter 34, again, this is the NIV here, so because I like to get that word faithfulness in there, but I, I think the New King James has truth in there. But he, he says, and he, verse 6, Exodus 34, 6, and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. 
So how is he faithful? He's abounding in it. In verse 10, And the Lord said, I am making a covenant with you. Before all your people, I will do wonders never before done in any nation in all the world. The people you live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. So again, we look at God and his special relationship that he had with Israel. Um, But we also, God has a special relationship with each, each and every one of us. He desires an intimate, personal relationship with each and every one of us. The moment we place our faith in what his son, he sent his only begotten son down to earth for us, hung on that cross, died, took on the penalty of each and every sin, past, present, and future, yours, mine, every sin in the entire world, took that on the cross, and when he hung on that cross and he had paid the penalty for our sin and cried, it is finished, that was it. It was done. There was nothing that we brought to the table. What we bring to the table is we accept what he did for us by faith. And when that happens, when we accept what he did for us, nothing else that we bring we have the Holy Spirit that indwells us. And the Holy Spirit indwells us, and we now have, can have that intimate, personal relationship with God. You think about the special relationship that God has with the nation of Israel. We'll never have that. We're not, um, we are uh, not Jews, um, but we still have a faithful God who desires a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And that should give us Incredible encouragement. Um, how was he faithful? He abounds in faithfulness. His faithfulness is great. Lamentations. Lamentations 3.22. I have through 25 there, but I only have through 23 here. Through, though through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions, they fail not. Um, great Song of the faith, great is thy faithfulness. His compassions, they fail not. Right here from scripture. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Um, His faithfulness, how is he faithful? He's abounding in faithful. He's abounding in faithfulness. That's that's its extent, essentially. His faithfulness is great. Um, What else? Your faithfulness, Psalm 36, 5, and it's also, I think, in Psalm 57, 10. It says, uh, verse 36, 5 says, Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. So his faithfulness is all-encompassing. And we think about God's faithfulness. Um, you know, that's the extent, that's the measure. Um, now, Pastor Gus would say measure of his... Uh, who, can we have a raise, show of hands? Measure or measure? I mean, come on. I, got, I keep giving Gus a hard time about measure. What's the measure of your faithfulness? Measure. It's measure of your faithfulness. Now, <laughs> now to Pastor Gus's defense, he's an English major in college and went to law school. I'm an engineer. I mean, I'm going to... I'm going to rely on him for a word. He's already corrected me on a few things that I say incorrectly. Um, so, but measure. I'm not getting behind measure. It's measure. <laughs> I don't know what's right or what's not. We sang it in one of our songs here, and Leah sang measure as well, too. So, um, 
I'm holding tight to measure. That measure thing with him, I don't know. But So what is the measure of his faithfulness? It's abounding in faithfulness. His faithfulness is great. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. How is he faithful? Well, he's faithful in his actions and his promises kept. In Hebrews 10.23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He's a promise-keeping God, and he makes a promise, he keeps a promise, right? Um, Isaiah 25.1, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. So God's faithfulness in his actions and in his promises kept. God's faithfulness allows his covenants, his divine agreements and promises to stand because he's a faithful God. He makes a covenant with Israel and that covenant will stand. He, and we'll see it later on in, in the message here as, as we go on, but everything God has lined out and laid out in the scriptures, I mean, you can pretty much, you know, check, checking, check the boxes that, you know, he, he's faithful to deliver on these promises. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. In his prayers answered, how is he faithful? Well, he's faithful in his prayer answers. In his, in his prayers answered. Now, his, he answers prayers in his way, not always our way, right? Because our thoughts are not his thoughts, and our ways are not his ways. Um, he's a sovereign God. He's in control of all things. In Psalm 143, 1, it says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my pleas for mercy. In your faithfulness, answer me. In your righteousness. So in James 5.16, it says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we talk about that all the time. Prayer is important. Um, and, you know, so you, know, we, you could do a, a complete study on prayer, and, and uh, I know the uh, pastor's going to maybe be doing the prayers of Paul as one of his next studies, potentially. But, um, you know, there's many examples of, you know, you could each, each and every one of us here probably have many different examples through our lives where we've prayed about something and, uh, uh, that, you know, God through his faithfulness has uh, answered that prayer. And now it may not always be in the way he always answers prayer. It may not be exactly always what we're praying for or what we want. But what I found is more often than not, when you look back, when you get to be a little older in life and you look back and say, um, wow, that, you know, I was praying for this. It, the Lord didn't um, answer that prayer exactly how I wanted it answered, but look how it, look how it turned out. And, and I think when, when you look back in, in retrospect, you can look back and, and say and kind of nod your head and say, yeah, I, I see. I, I see how that, how that turned out. And, and uh, so I, I think uh, you know, we have to always remember that, that he's faithful in his, in his prayers, in, the, in his answered prayer. And, and we have, there's many examples, and, and you, you won't, won't give any, of course, but there's, there's always many examples that each and every one of you had and just even having conversations with, with different people and fellowshipping with different believers. You know, they, they talk about how the Lord, you know, answered that prayer or, or you know. So it's, we all have that. We've all seen that. Uh, the fact that God, he's faithful in his pro- actions and promises kept, and he's faithful in his prayers answered. So what's the third one here? When is he faithful? Well, 
God is always faithful no matter what. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty popular song right now on the radio. It's pr- probably one of my favorite songs. Um, and uh, the fact that God is always faithful no matter what. It says that when our eyes can't see it, he's faithful. When our heart doesn't feel it, when we struggle to believe, when we're kicking and screaming, when we're throwing a tantrum, whatever the case might be, we, he is always faithful to us no matter what. And that, to me, provides incredible assurance. When is he faithful? He's always faithful. His faithfulness is always guaranteed regardless of our circumstances. Not everything will go according to our plan, but our sovereign God has a plan in place for us. His timing isn't always our timing. We talk about praying about things. Well, I don't know why the Lord just won't answer that prayer. He's answering that prayer. It's just in his timeline. Um, We know that there's uh, sin and evil and bad things in this world. Um, Those bad things didn't originate from God. Um, God Everything was perfect, remember? Genesis one thirty one. He looked on it all, and it was all very good. He gave man a volition and a, you know, a decider. He didn't want to create robots. And man was the one that made the decision to, to bring sin into the world. So ultimately, God has a sovereign place, has a sovereign plan in place for each and every one of us. You think about... Um, different missionary stories and uh, y- y- so many great stories that at camp that I've had the pleasure of listening to and, and just he- reading the books and even my wife has done missionary stories with, with our kids and, and you hear the books and, or you read the stories and I've learned so much from you know, just even the different, some of the, some of the most faithful people I think that you have our missionaries, frankly, and some of these older missionaries. And, and uh, one of them was George Mueller. He, he did uh, a bunch of, uh, he, uh, I don't know all the backstory of it. I'm sure, sure Becky could get up here and give a, a big spiel on that. But uh, he, he, he did orphanages. You know, he put together some orphanages in, in uh, England or London or where, wherever he was. And, and I, you, you you think of George Mueller's story and uh, his basically Christian walk uh, was built on prayer and the faithfulness of God and and you you think of some of the some of the stories that you know I was just talking with Becky yesterday about it just to trying to re- remember some of the stories she said at one point you know that I, I remembered the one where he was literally at the the table praying. They, they had no food, and they had however many kids in the orphanage, 50, and, and they literally had no food, and he was just praying that, you know, and the kids were getting kind of discouraged, you know, well, what are we going to eat? And he says, well, I'm just praying about it, and we'll, and then he had something delivered in his mailbox, you know, like $100 was, you know, put in his mailbox or something, and there was another story that she reminded me of, of one time they had no food, and, and the, the, the milk wagon broke down in front of the orphanage, and they had to, they couldn't get it fixed, and they had to, all the milk was going to go bad. So they just said, well, here, why don't you guys take the milk? And they literally had no milk. And then the, 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 the guy owned, who owned the bakery called and said, yeah, I've got all this extra bread that's going to spoil, and here, why don't you have it? So you want to talk about the faithfulness of God and, and the power of prayer. And, and, and George Mueller, that's kind of the, the whole story of, of his um, uh, of the, the missionary story of George Mueller, but the reason I give you uh, that backdrop here is I thought I had the quote. There it is. Um, 
Though this quote from George Mueller, though grace, through grace, my mind is so fully assured of the faithfulness of the Lord that in the midst of the greatest need, I am enabled in peace to go about my other work. So the idea of the, of the fact that God is a faithful God should give us peace. Um, the, my other point there that I didn't, ha- didn't talk about is his faithfulness is nonstop, and Satan in the world has no answer for his faithfulness. Um, and, and that should give us peace. That should give us comfort. Um, we think about the fact that his faithfulness is never failing. His faithfulness ne- never fails. Now, do we deserve his faithfulness? Well, we deserve absolutely nothing, right? But thankfully, his faithfulness is not dependent upon a response from us. Uh, much like his gracious gift of salvation, it's not earned by us, but it's freely given. In Second Timothy chapter 2, it says, if we are faithless, verse 13, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So ultimately, he's always faithful. We don't deserve it, um, but he, it doesn't matter. It's not faithfulness. Isn't, faithfulness of God isn't earned. Um, it's, he's continually faithful. So we see when he's always faithful, and I thought it would be good to see the fact that he's faithful in the past, he's faithful in the present, and he's faithful in the future, uh, to kind of wrap up when he's always faithful. Uh, this is another quote from Robert Trail. This interesting, um, depending upon, you know, with the, the power of, of Google, you know, you can figure out, like, who's Robert Trail. And because uh, I saw this quote in a little book. And uh, it, he, depending, it's funny, there, he's a, either an Irish minister from the 1800s or a Scottish minister from the 1600s. So, they're both named Robert Trail, spelled the exact same way. So I get, he's a minister. That's all I'm going to say. He's either Irish or Scottish. He probably sounds a little different. But God is faithful. He always prefer, performs what he promises. He always does as he says, speaks as he thinks, remembers what he says, never changes his mind, and always performs his word. Again, the faithfulness of God. When is he faithful? He's always faithful. Um, and, and that's what we look at here. We think about his faithfulness in the past. This verse here, Hebrews 2, 17. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation or to make a satisfactory payment, that's uh, what propitiation means, for the sins of the people. So he's faithful in the past, he was faithful in his plan of salvation for us. He was faithful in his plan of salvation for us, all the way back to to Genesis. We see in his his plan of salvation that he the the he he was going to send a promised redeemer. Um, so he was faithful in his plan of salvation. Well, we think about the plan of salvation. What is that? Well, the plan of salvation is is pretty simple. So if you're here and you're not saved, um, the first thing for each and every one of us to understand, and if you are saved, the reality is is we're all sinners. It says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, Romans 3.10 says there is none righteous, no, not one. So we have this idea of we're all sinners. Romans 3.23. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in 
Isaiah 64, 6. Everything that we bring to the table is filthy rags, dirty diapers. That's, that's, that's what we bring to the table. And so God, in his love for us, God in his justice, he was a just God, he said, well, it says in, in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. So man's got a problem. Um, the predicament we're in is we're all sinners. But, and then God says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. So death has a penalty. But the gift of God, the second part of that verse, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So God, God realized that Everything that we brought to the table didn't measure up. Everything that we brought didn't measure up. So he says, I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ, down to earth. He says, took on the form of a human, came down to earth, uh, ministered on earth, and ultimately was crucified for us. And his payment... He paid the penalty for our sins. Romans 5.8, God demonstrated his love toward us, his endless love, in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. A, a loving God says, I know these guys, the, these humans over here, these people, they got nothing. They're, they're, they're perfectly unrighteous. And they're all sinners. They're born, we're born with an inherent sin nature doesn't take much to figure that out. You never have to teach a child the word no. They figure that out pretty quickly. So we're all born sinners. And ultimately, we all need to be, to accept what he, his son did for us on our behalf. And he sent his son down to earth to pay the penalty that we deserved. He hung on that cross. Jesus Christ hung on that cross. And after uh, after. His father turned his back on him. He cried, it is finished. And it is finished means nothing more to add. There's nothing that we bring to the table other than accepting what he did for us. The fact that he died, was buried, and rose again the third day according to the scripture. And he gave his life for us. And if we accept that, we get to spend eternity in heaven. And that's why I love this little this little picture here where it shows the bridge across to eternal life. We, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of works. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. It's, it's a complete gift of God. And we just have to accept it. That's all we need to do is we respond by faith. Um, what, what did uh, the Philippian jailer what serves, what must I do to be saved when he was talking to Paul and Silas? They said, believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Um, it's that simple. There's nothing, there's no works that save us. There's no, uh, there's no praying a prayer that saves us. There's no priest is going to save you. No baptism is going to save you. No, um, this church can't save you. I believe this church preaches the the uh, the, the 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 clear a, a clear gospel and the way to salvation, but going to this church isn't going to save you. 
you know, one, one thing about being a child of God, we hear that in songs and being called a child of God. My kids aren't saved because I go to this church or that, that I'm saved. They each have to make their own individual decision to accept what Jesus Christ did for them. And I think sometimes that's, that's maybe something that, that maybe in, in the, uh, that we forget about. That, you know, there's, there's no... It, the scriptures doesn't talk about grandchildren of God. It talks about being a child of God. And uh, our kids need to make that decision. They need to accept Christ as their personal Savior in their own mind. They can't do it by, um, by attending church. And uh, obviously attending church is a way for you to continually hear the, the, the good news, the gospel, and to hear truths about the word of God. But ultimately, you have to make a decision and accept Christ as your personal Savior. Um, that's the gospel. That's, that's the past that's, he's faithful in the past in his plan of salvation. Well, what about the present? Is he faithful in the present? God's faithfulness enables us to live in peace and look forward in assurance. So present tense, we think about the idea of, even think back to that George Mueller quote. Um, Through grace, my mind is so fully assured of the faithfulness of the Lord that in the midst of the greatest need, I I am enabled in peace to go about my other work. So the faithfulness of God enables us to live in peace and look forward in assurance moment by moment Resting and relying on the Holy Spirit's direction. We are set apart as believers. Once we're saved, we're set apart for a divine purpose. Ultimately, um, the Lord wants to have a relationship with each and every one one of us. And he wants to have fellowship with each and every one of us. And um, we are set apart. We're sanctified, set apart for a divine purpose. But once we're saved... Can we still sin? Do we have a sin nature? Well, absolutely. The sin nature doesn't go away. We now have an old sin nature uh, because we have a new divine nature inside of us now that the Holy Spirit indwells us. But we also have the sin nature that doesn't leave. It's not not eliminated. And uh, it doesn't take long for you to, to figure that out, that we have a sin nature still, even after we're saved. And... um, but what happens when our thinking gets out of alignment with God? Well, we, have, we lose our communication. We lose the ability to fellowship with God and communicate with God. And, and what does he give us? Well, he's given us 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this idea of confessing our sins in the present tense, we, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The idea of confessing our sin in the Greek, it means homologio. <laughs> I'm not a, a Greek scholar. But it means to say the same. That's what confess means. It means to say the same. You acknowledge what you did was wrong. And you say, Lord, that was wrong. My thinking is out of line. My thinking is out of whack. 
and you get on the same page, you confess, you get on the same page with God. That's 1 John 1, 9. It doesn't mean you have to list out all your sins. Um, if, if it did, we'd all be in trouble, I think, because we all sin so many times, we don't even remember it, right? So if you had to list out all your sins, I think it's more of just a recognition of what you did was wrong and get back on the same page with God. That's what confession is. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. It's in the past. We, are, we now have that line of communication restored with God. And, and we're back into communication with God. And we have fellowship with him. So God's faithfulness enables us to live in peace. God's, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins when we sin. And we will. We know we will. How about future? God's faithfulness is the basis for our hope of future blessings. God's faithfulness is the basis of our hope for future blessings. God is faithful in his promises. And he promises a future home in heaven with him. Um, We will ultimately be saved from the very presence of sin. Um, We... I guess I can put, I have this on here, that this is the, the tenses of salvation, kind of what I talked through there. Ultimately, we call that glorification. We'll receive our glorified bodies at some point in time, um, and we will be at home in heaven with him. And that's what he has laid out for us. That's the plan that he has laid out for us. We're saved from sin's penalty, at a point in time, the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we're saved from sin's power uh, moment by moment in the Christian life. Um, when we get out of alignment with him, we confess, Lord, I was wrong. I need to get my thinking straight back in alignment with you. And uh, we get to reestablish that relationship with God, that fellowship with God. We don't ever lose our salvation. Um, that 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 never happens. Once we're saved, we're always saved. And then ultimately, we're going to be saved from sin's presence in the future. And God is faithful, and he delivers on these promises. Um, ultimately, God delivers on these promises. Okay, one thing I always like to do with when I talk about the different attributes of God is go through some of the names of God and, and see, I, I've got a book that has a bunch of different names of God and I'm sure there's many more as well too, but uh, a couple of them here that kind of stood out regarding faithfulness. The first one is El Emina. Here, El Emina. And um, in Deuteronomy 7, Verse 9, it says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So the faithful God here is El Emina. We think about El Emina, and we saw in our story, or as we read about Sarah, El Emina promises Abraham a son and Sarah that she would bear a child. And would make Abraham a father of many nations. El Emina promises Israel, gave Israel the promised land. Uh, many times when the Israel was wandering in the wilderness, El Emina, uh, the faithful God, provided escape uh, via the, the Red Sea. He provided escape or provided water and food at various times to the nation of Israel. But 
again, we have to remember that God isn't just the God of Israel. He is the God of Israel, but he's also our God as well. And so does El Emina, do we trust in El Emina, the faithful God, if he doesn't answer our prayer in our timing? What about when we are weary? What about when you feel like everything just keeps piling on, you know, in your life? What about God's sovereignty in the circumstances around us? Um, You think about this, that we all go through different trials, and we all go through trials that, that sometimes are hard to explain. And you talk to, talk to people about why, why me, right? Some pe- we've all probably said it, why me, Lord? Um, but God is faithful, and God has arranged that for you, for me, for a reason. Doesn't make it easy, um, but he does it to strengthen us. And he's a faithful God, and uh, we, we have to remember that, that the God of Israel is also my personal Savior, and he's my personal friend. We have to remember that. And, and that's where you have to just keep resting and trusting on the faithfulness of God. How about well, another name of God? He's called Faithful and True in the book of Revelation. Revelation 19.11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. So God is called Faithful and True. Now this is the end times, the book of Re- Revelation. You know, the, the kind of as we prepare to enter the, the millennial kingdom. And... Uh, Faithful here means characterized by steadfast action or allegiance, one of our earlier definitions that we saw. So we see that God, who originally came into Jerusalem, a humble servant on a donkey, is now a conquering king riding on a white horse. Um, He's faithful and true. Again, another name of God. Um, I have some, I I don't have anything else on my... uh, PowerPoint, maybe just a couple of uh, little uh, fun facts about faithfulness here. Um, the Psalm 89, I, we don't have to turn there, but it talks, the word faithful occurs more often in this chapter than any, any other in the, in the whole Bible. It's just more of a, I think it's like 12 or tw- times or so. And then, uh, interesting, the shortest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 117, I'll read those two verses. It says, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. So uh, I thought it was interesting to see it, you know, that in the shortest chapter of the Bible, talking about the faithfulness of God. And, and uh, you know, God is faithful. We don't always understand his faithfulness, um, but we can claim it, right? It's there for us to claim. Um, we, we can pray about situations. We can give it to the Lord. Um, and we can read the word of God. We can uh, you know, trust and rest on his promises. And the Lord, is he's a faithful God, and he's uh, faithful uh, to keep those promises. God is always faithful. Why? It's in his nature, and it's, it's in his characteristics. It's in his attributes. That's who he is. That's who God is. Um, how and to what extent is he faithful? Well, his faithfulness is abounding, it's great, and it reaches to the clouds. We saw that. 
He's faithful in his actions and his promises kept. And he's faithful in prayers answered. He is limitless, not limited. And we have to remember that. When is he faithful? Our God is always faithful no matter what. No matter what the circumstances are, he's always faithful. And we have to rest and trust in those promises. And he's faithful in the past, in the present, in the future. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you. we're thankful for you. We're thankful for your faithfulness. We're thankful for the fact that you loved each and every one of us so much that you sent your only begotten son down to earth to die on that cross for us. And by faith and belief in that finished plan of salvation, that we get to spend eternity with you. And we get to a live, live a life that has a, a, a deeper purpose from the standpoint of we are now your creation. We are, in, we are in you, Lord, and you're in us, and we're just so thankful for that. We're thankful for the fact that we, have, um, we serve a living Savior. We have our, our living Savior, well, being the El Emunah, the faithful God of Israel, is still our personal friend. And you are our Savior. And what, a, what an awesome thing that is, Lord. We're just so thankful. We're so encouraged, um, Lord, ab- about your attributes and who you are. And just to have us have a greater appreciation of who that is, just unbelievable. Thankful for the time this morning. Ask that you would just undertake with Pastor and his family as they travel back. Give them safety. In your name we pray. Amen.